Aloha. Welcome to Global Yoga Flow Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Gray, a.k.a. Sasson, a Maui Derby girl and also a Wisdom Flow Yoga teacher. And we're going to talk about the Vibhuti Pada. The Vibhuti Pada is the third book of the four Yoga Sutra books. And the Vibhuti Pada has classically been called the Book of Supernatural Powers. But ultimately, these powers are not supernatural at all. They must, might seem that way just because they require a level of focus that most of us have not practiced enough to find regularly in our lives. But using these powers to manifest a brighter, a better future for ourselves and the people that we love. In addition to being a Maui roller girl and a Wisdom Flow yoga teacher, Sarah, who's with me today, is also a beekeeper. And her dream is to set up beehives on agricultural land on the island of Maui in order to create a higher level of sustainability and beauty and bounty and to make a good income stream for her and her family. So, so the four books are the Samadhi Pada, and you remember what Samadhi means. That's the... I want to say it's bliss, but yeah, yeah. it's the the bliss of feeling at one with your soul and at one with the flow. And so, the samadhi pada is basically describing the the spiritual essence or the spiritual longing that draws us to the path. And so, it's describing here's the here's the nectar of what this whole thing is about samadhi. The Samadhi Pada. What is Samadhi? Why are we reaching for it? What does it teach us? And then the second is the Sadhana Pada. Do you remember what Sadhana means? No. It means soul growth. And and it's so interesting in, in the United States we tended to say it's your you know, it's your daily practice. It's just your day it's your, did you do your sadhana today? Mm. But like the maybe the higher meaning or the broader meaning is, did you do the stuff that you know helps your soul grow today? <laughs> well, we were talking about earlier, the, right. the stepping into the new or having a new experience or right. or taking care of yourself and taking care of the bits and pieces. Yeah, I guess. And mo- I think most teacher trainings, at least first level teacher trainings, talk mostly about the sadhana pada because it's in that set of scriptures that the eight limbs, you go through the eight limbs, you Mm -hmm. go through the yamas and niyamas in detail, you're talking about tapas and uh, shvadyaya and ishvara pranidhana and um, sthiyadam, sukham, yoga, asanam, you're talking about the essence of balanced action in the asanas, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's in the the first book, Samadhipada, that that often quoted second verse a yoga chitta spriti niroraha comes from that's basically saying yoga which is the doorway to samadhi happens when there's a union in your mind basically when there's no limiting thought about a calling of the heart or soul and it's the same thing that Rampa talks about that the Bringing the uh, analogic mind mm-hmm. into yeah, into union. Okay, so then w- what's talked about in the Vibhuti Pada, and, and this is funny because in the Western world, a lot of people 
interpret that title as the secret powers, the path of the supernatural powers. Mm. But it's like Brahma teaches us and also Abraham that these are not supernatural powers. Mm -hmm. They're present in every living being. They just atrophy because we forget about them and don't think we have them because we haven't used them in maybe eons. Mm -hmm. So the Vibhutipada is really about the law of, law of attraction. Mm -hmm. The Vibhutipada is about remembering that our power is in focusing energy. So one of the one of the um, verses in the Vibhutipada is saying that when the process of feeling a general desire naturally leads to a detailed vision about how that desire might unfold for you, which naturally leads to a ah, wonderful wave of emotion about the satisfaction of it. This is, it's called samyama, which is the blend of those last three limbs, dharana, dhyana, samadhi. And I just thought, wow, this is totally law of attraction stuff. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when it's said in Sanskrit and, and, and maybe offered with a little more pomp and ceremony than I would, I feel like for years I didn't really get it. I was just listening to words. But this is something that Abraham teaches us, like where he says, work out your grid. Work out your grid, meaning feel in general what it is that you want to create or call in, and then chillax and trust that the grid will be filled in by source, by your inner being, by the magic. And you skip over that grid filling in part because it's being taken care of for you. Mm -hmm. And just go into the, oh, it's going to be so delicious when my car works great. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's your, one of your samadhis that's coming. It's going to be so great when I know my teeth are healthy and strong. I don't have to have that niggling worry in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's sometimes called supernatural is actually very natural. Because nothing is really, nothing that we could experience or even dream is beyond the realm of what we could live. Because mm -hmm. what we're living is always reflective of the dream. It's like that thing you were saying about how the energy comes just before the crystallization of the form or experience. Yeah. And the only thing that makes one thing different from another thing is our expectation of it or our label or story about it like it's it's easy for me to expect that I will have a car that runs well and I will enjoy that because it's not far-fetched it's relatable experience it's it's somehow dependable and it's not crazy but if I think about running a business where I put beehives on eggland and I'm paid well for that I can see that, but there's a piece of it that's like, ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But it's not like, 
that is. I don't. The feeling is not one of that's just how that goes. That's just how that goes. And that and that confidence that's um, strong enough to be able to turn away and allow the grid to fill in, I think, is part of what keeps us from having the more tangible supernatural experiences because the things that we want so much are wanted for a reason and there's an absence of it which is part of the wanting not an absence obviously it's always around but there's an appearance of absence and we're saying I'm wanting more of this in my life I want or at the beginning of this in my life and then there's the staring at the space and not being able to turn away while source fills, fills it in or trust, or like you're saying. Right. So what the only difference between having a magical experience, where it's so cool how that worked out, I don't know, it's just amazing that things came together for it, and yeah, of course my car is ready and it works well. It's like our, our um, I feel like it's the vision of it, or the expectation of it, or the right. title of it, right. or the right. whatever. So how do we change that feeling? That's the practice. Root. Yeah, that's the practice. One of the things that's helped me so much is the story that Abraham tells is is one of the reasons that you you doubt is because it's a new journey that you haven't taken before and it's not um, quantifiable. Mm-hmm. Let's because you have probably had the experience many times before where you take a car that isn't working into a mechanic or a body shop and then they deliver it back to you for a fee and it's working and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you've you've taken that trip before and so you can with confidence know that it's going to come out the way that you want it to. But the beehive business is something that you haven't experienced before. And so it's like I'm getting in my car and I'm heading south. Somebody said there's going to be a city down there that has everything that I want. And here I go. And what happens to us is when it's not a quantifiable experience, we head toward that magical city that with everything we want. And then it's taking so long to get there. We're not sure, did I pass it? Did I miss my turnoff? We get a little confused because we haven't been down that road before. And sometimes our confusion gets so strong that we're sure it doesn't exist. It's impossible. And we turn around and come back. Mm. And so part of what the Bhubhudipada is teaching us is faith, is, is to say, if you will just keep breathing and keep clear on the city and all the wonderful things in the city, and let the road signs be placed for you and let the highway be unfolded before you by source, you'll get there. But most of us get confused halfway there, decide the the new level doesn't exist or is impossible, and then we go back. So go halfway, go back, go halfway, go back. And if, if I think about my life, I can see how I did that several times. I mean, ridiculous. Um, you know, big things and small things. Mm-hmm. Get halfway there, doubt myself, run back. Mm-hmm. And part of it isn't... Uh, I've been having this feeling in my mind about it that part of it is being able to, and it sounds so cliche, but enjoy the journey of it too. Yes. Because if you're not having a good time on the way there, it's not going to be a good time when you get there either somehow. Like you're generating the fuel for the road trip as you're in the road trip. So you have to be thoroughly entertained the whole time. I mean, certainly ups and downs, but not like, 
are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? The anxiety of did I miss it? How much longer? I'm really uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to be in this car. I don't know if I want to be on this trip. It's easier to turn around and go home. It's got to be like, cool. Hey, can we stop there? There's this cool thing going on over here. And that's okay too. Like to be not sidetracked off of the original desire, but as well as to have these exactly. experiences along the way that yeah. keep you jazzed, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, enjoying the baby steps. I mean, like the, this experience of putting together a, a unique online yoga website, I, I feel like I'm already enjoying it. It's almost like I don't, I don't really give a rip whether or not it's successful. Just I've been getting together with really interesting people, and we've been having these intentional conversations about really juicy material in front of this big giant microphone, and that is so cool. I mean, a lot of times we're just talking about trivial things, and just a, just the fact that this project is setting up this sort of sacred space to talk about these really powerful things—that's so enjoyable. That and, and I get the essence of that. And in just hearing you talk about the beehives and how much the bees teach you every day, you're already enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. And that takes the pressure off. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it's also, like you were saying, the fuel that keeps the vehicle strong and, and, and empowered to move forward towards that bigger vision. And the thing is, you know, you never get there. You know, you know, you're never going to get to the place where you're like, ah, I have completely arrived. I don't need the car anymore. The journey is done. I'm in beehive heaven. It's like when you get to the level that you're thinking about and traveling towards right now, there'll be a whole new destination. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I've got beehives all over the island of Maui. People are planting the flowers that the bees love. I'm, I'm getting well known. I have more requests than I know what to do with. You know, then there'll be a next level for it.